This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little pastor d'oeuvres. It's me, Allison. Today's episode is brought to you by Ting. Please visit bff.ting.com for $25 service credit or device discount. You're probably familiar with Ting. You've probably heard other people and other podcasters talk about it. Ting is awesome. It is it's a mobile service with none of the BS that you are probably used to that is confusing and makes signing up for a phone a pain in the butt. With Ting, there's no contracts or early termination fees. I'm going to say that again because that is so rare. No contracts and no early termination fees. There's no overage charges or penalties. So if you use more than you think you're going to, you just pay for what you use. And... Most importantly, you get credit on unused service. So if you use less than you think you will, Ting drops you down to the next level and credits the difference on your next bill. Also, also important, no add-on charges. So voicemail, caller ID, tethering, hotspot, freeway calling, call forwarding, and other features are all part of the service. There's no surprise fees or hidden tacked-on fees or anything like that. Um, and there's a whole bunch of new stuff as well. There's, they've added a new hotspot, and they have added the option to purchase a used device, if that's what you're into. Um, and you can bring your own LTE Sprint device over. That is something new. Before, you could not do that. Or you can get Home Phone Connect. You can port your phone number, your home phone number, over to Ting and save a ton of money um, if you have a home phone and you are, aren't quite ready to let it go, this is a smart thing to do. So remember, Ting, is, that's what you need. And just go to bff.ting.com. Uh, or you can click on the banner on my website, allisonrosen.com. And you get a $25 service credit or a device discount. Okay, Gary, I think we have time for an iTunes comment. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. Okay, I want to break in and say I've been trying to not say I think we have time for or I believe we have time for as many times as I do because I say it like upwards of three times per episode because we have time for that. But I just said it again. God damn it! And another thing I've noticed is I think that I actually welcome people to the show. I say, I know I didn't do it this time because I'm now conscious of it, but I think that I welcome them to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend twice. I, I don't have time for that. Oh, there I go. Okay. Hit it, Gary. And I think there's many questions in this comment, so I'm just going to answer them as we go. All right. So break in when you need to. This one is by Ramey G, and it says, I love you more and more. Hi, Allison and Gary. I love your show and have been listening since day one. Loving the new format and the Thursday episodes are so funny. The banter between you and the dudes at the AC Network is the best. You, Gary, Matt, and Chris have great chemistry. The guys all love you, I can tell. The poop talk is hilarious. Thank you. A few random things I've been talking about. Thinking about, rather. Show us that ring. I'm dying to see it more than a quick flash from the video of you fixing your hair. Gary, I'm enjoying your girl voice. I mean, you're not doing a girl voice, but I feel like in the way you're reading it, I can tell that you are reading it. I'm reading it the way it's written. I feel like you're you're reading it the way it's written, but I think it's a special voice you use when you're doing a comment from a woman. Oh, I'm not conscious of it. I know. That's how good you are. Your method. Um, <laughs> anyway, as for the ring, yes, many ever since Mark Garagos complimented my ring on the Adam Carolla show, people have been asking why I haven't posted a photo um, there's a couple reasons. I I don't I don't know. I feel like 
there's a couple reasons, and apparently I don't know either of them. I don't know. Something's making me stop. I think one ring photo. It's hard to get a good photo of a ring. Um, I have a lot of fo- photos I've taken of it, but um, I don't know. Like because it, in real life it's sparkly, and in the photos they don't necessarily capture that. And I just feel like it's a little bit gross to be like, "Look, you guys, here's my ring." That's the tone of voice I imagine would be behind the photo. But maybe someday I will. Okay. The ring is very beautiful. Thank you very much. It's really quite lovely, and it's very much you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. That makes me feel good. It's really you. nice. Thank you. Um, okay, the next question is, how are the wedding plans coming? My vote is go away to get married and come back for a big party. <sighs> okay, well, the wedding plans are okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they're coming along, sort of. Um, we've narrowed it down to a space of about three months. Can you send out a save these three months card? I don't know. Um, and we're sort of, I mean, we've, we've found some places that we like. And I actually, what, given that Daniel is shy, I was uh, shy and I think not necessarily super excited about getting up in front of a bunch of people. Um, I was just talking to someone who's saying, why don't you do a really small ceremony and they just have a big party? And a lot of people do that. I like that idea. But for some reason, I don't want to like, I just feel like, do I really, <laughs> this is so romantic. Do I really, really want to go through this whole thing twice? Do I really want to have the actual wedding ceremony and then the big party, which is sort of wedding-esque? And I know that you could just have them at the same time, but I don't know. For some reason, it just seems easier to just like do it all. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with that answer. Okay. All right. Have you been watching Mad Men? I've watched every episode at least twice, just trying to catch all the nuances of the show each week. Yes, I have. In fact, I'm very excited for this week's episode, and I've been tempted to watch each episode twice, but I haven't, especially now because I have a little more time in my TV viewing schedule since I've, I've, I've had to let Game of Thrones go by the wayside, although I'm, te- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might come back to it. It just it got too brutal for me. I've also recently started House of Cards. I'm waiting for that to grab me. I could do without Kevin Spacey's southern accent. Back to Mad Men, though. Gary, have you been reading this whole um, Megan Draper, Sharon Tate theory rumor online? No. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't okay. seen this. Well, Megan Draper was wearing a shirt that has a red star on it, which evidently uh, Sharon Tate was wearing that same shirt in a famous Esquire uh, photo shoot from a long, you know, from way back when. And the daughter of the photographer tweeted Janie Bryant, who's the costume designer, and said, you know, something like, I have to ask, uh, was that a, my father shot that famous photo of Sharon Tate? Was that a coincidence? Janie Bryant said, no, it wasn't a coincidence. So now the internet has gone wild. I think it's, I don't know where it's, it started on Reddit, this theory, and then Uproxx did a thing about it, about how they've been slowly positioning Megan Draper to be Sharon Tate, and maybe she's going to get murdered. And I don't want to, I don't think this is true. I just feel like if that were what was happening, Janie Bryant would not leak that online. That would be a huge secret. And it just feels too on the nose. However, I'm very disturbed thinking that that could happen. And I'm not going to take any, I'm not going to take any guff for that having been a spoiler, because I'm just repeating a theory that has been bandied about. Yeah. And, and Sally was reading Rosemary's Baby, directed by Roman Polanski, Sharon Tate's husband. And there was the break-in. And Abe said, pig, referred to people as pigs, and got stabbed. So there's just, there's all this foreshadowing. I just feel like it's more a symbolic death that it's all leading up to. I Yeah, I, I'm 
getting all this right now, I'd have to think about it. But that's that's very interesting. It's creepy. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, and I also read something that was saying that the way Megan has been styled this whole season is Sharon Tate esque. Well, that's easy to go back and try yeah. and say once this theory comes up. But I mean, right. listen, I guess what I'll say is if any writers are good enough to do this over time and have it all work out and not be disappointing, it's probably Mad Men. Yeah. But don't you think if this were really where it was headed, Janie Bryant, costume designer, would not have leaked it like that? Probably. But that's how mistakes like this happen is like what somebody thinks is innocuous and then the Internet figures it out. Right. So I don't know. I don't want that to happen. No, I'd rather not. Yeah, I hope I hope that's all not true because if it, the more it keeps happening, the more I'm going to be bummed out by that show because yeah. I know how it's ending. Yeah, exactly. Okay, M- moving on. Are we still doing the iTunes? We're still doing this <laughs> iTunes comment. <laughs> when is your next live show? I'd love to see it. My husband and I saw you in San Francisco in November. I love the live shows. Oh, thank you. Are you asking about my? My next live show, as in an, an, a live Allison Rosen is your new best friend show, or a live Adam Carolla show, which I am in, because <clears throat> we do live Adam Carolla shows all the time. In fact, there will be one on Tuesday at the Ice House in Pasadena, I believe. Yes, yeah, that will because you're going to hear this on Mondays and the next day, but it's probably a little far for you if you saw us in San Francisco. Yeah, so Adam Carolla show we do shows all the time. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Live shows we haven't done one in a little while. I, you're gonna, you're just gonna have to keep listening to everything I do, and maybe I'll drop a hint via my costume designer. But yeah, we should do another one. It's been a while. Absolutely, it's been too long. Um, is Doctor Drew just as dreamy in person? Yes. I've had oh, a crush yes. on him forever. Saw him briefly in person at the last for Bald Brian years ago, and he was even more hunky than I imagined. Keep up the amazing work. That uh, Thank you very much. When I first met him, which was, I think, our first ever live Adam Carolla show show at John Lovett's Theater. <clears throat> well, I actually met him years ago. But when I first met him as part of this show, um, it was like a pretty dim room. And I was nervous. And I just locked eyes with his muscles and thought, wow, he's so fit. I'm kind of joking, but actually I was – he was really nice, but I, I uh, noticed – looks like someone works out. Okay. Um, if you would like <laughs> – so professional. If you would like your iTunes comment to be an iTunes comment of the week, just leave us a great comment. Click five stars. That's our favorite number. And then uh, – and, you know, load it with questions or don't. Usually they don't have this many questions, but I was just in an, an answering kind of mood. All right, you guys. Here comes the episode with Brad Williams. That guy is such a good podcast guest and such a good comedian and so nice and so funny. Gary's a huge fan and I am too. But um, it's a rare guest that comes in and you're like, um, I feel like I could just close my mouth and just let you go for the rest of the episode. And it would be super, super entertaining. And that doesn't, it sounds like, it sounds like I'm saying in a really passive aggressive way that he talks a lot. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he's really good at talking and he's really entertaining. Um, Also, you guys, I need to tell you about our good friends over at Dollar Shave Club. You know my problem with shaving, specifically with shaving my armpits. Shaving your armpits? As a wise woman once said when I bitched about this years ago, it's like shaving the inside of a spoon. I'm just saying it's concave. Sometimes I confuse concave and convex. It's just a difficult area to shave well. And so I get very irritated 
And I don't just mean emotionally. I mean physically. I get physically irritated in my efforts to shave there. And recently I was told that I've been doing it wrong because I was shaving with soap and uh, a butter knife. And that's not how you should do it. You need to use fancy razors, but you don't have to spend a buttload for them. You do not have to spend $20 for new razors, which is what you'll spend if you go to the store. Because if you go to dollarshaveclub.com, you get high-quality razors delivered to your door. That's the best part. You don't even have to put on pants. High-quality razors delivered to your door for just a couple of bucks a month. And they've made it simple because high-quality razors... Are, these high-quality razors are 100% guaranteed. They're sent on schedule, and you never have to think about it again. I received a package from them, and I've been using their razors, and I've been using Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter because you get a free sample of that, of Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter, which is awesome with your first shipment. I've been using it. I smell good. I already smelled good, but I smell even better. And thanks to this shave butter, I've now... Okay, so I went from soap, which was dangerous, to... I had a brief stint with shaving foam. I would call it shaving cream, but I feel like in this context, I need to call it shaving foam, the stuff that just lathers up. And while fun, not as good as a good shave butter. I'm telling you people, my days of being really irritated are behind me. Gary, are you into the shave butter yeah, or great. the shave cream or the shave? No, I've been using the shave butter that they sent me. It's, it's yeah, really awesome. It's really good. Yeah. And the razors are really good too. And they, and they make you hit your head and think... Why was I paying so much and having such a hassle before when it's so easy? I want you guys to try it. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Allison. And by the way, this makes a perfect Father's Day gift because your dad has to shave his pits too. Um, but I say give it. Don't just give it to dad. You know what? This is my this is my vagina talking. You can give it to your dad. But give it to your mom too. Um, because this is something that people can actually use. Support the show. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Allison or click the Dollar Shave Club banner on allisonrosen.com. Okay, you guys, here is the episode. Should I tell them about the ringtone or did I do that in the episode, Gary? Uh, you did that in the episode, but there's no reason not to tell them again. In case they... <laughs> okay, you guys need... You need the the, the, the new ringtone. It's our... Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Thank you, I needed that. That's the ringtone. You get it with your iPhone. Just search "Hey, go fuck yourself" in the store. I think I, you know what? I think I promoted the uh, the the bonus episode in the show. So I'm just gonna let you guys listen to that. It's it's probably near the end. Um, okay, here's the episode with Brad Williams. I love you. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm here with Brad Williams. Hi. And he did the thing that I wish all guests would do, but only a very small handful do, which uh, is tell you that I think you lost weight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I did do that before the show. Yes, but no, 
that's not okay. But that's not what I was gonna say. But I mean, yeah. Hey, everyone, please. No, what I was gonna say is you kind of rocked out to the song. Well, yeah, because it's, it's it's incredibly catchy. I think it is. Like I have it in my head right now. I could probably I, I, I could probably redo all the lyrics. You know, but it was, it'll it was, stay in your head for a while. Yeah, it's it, like in uh, it's just it's nice when you hear that because it just kind of gives the fans something familiar. Like, all right, it's time to get into it. It's not that, just thank you. Oh my god, this is going yeah. so well. <laughs> Uh, it started before the podcast even going well. But, um, yeah. yeah, so a lot of times I'll look over and the person will just be sitting there and I'm like, give yourself permission to enjoy sure. this. I'll, <laughs> even if you aren't. I'll rock out. Hey, I, I, I went on a road trip a couple weeks ago with a, a couple of guy buddies. And uh, I I have a lot of songs on my iPod that some people may consider embarrassing i don't <laughs> so when Katy perry firework came on i just just like i was headbanging i was rocking out and, and these and these two other guys were just looking at me like you know there's dudes in the car with you right <laughs> and it's like i don't care it's fun because baby i am a firework <laughs> i am it's it's inspirational so. i remember someone telling it was a music editor actually it was a music editor at the village voice he was mm-hmm. saying that he didn't understand the concept of a guilty pleasure. He didn't understand how a song could be a guilty pleasure. And I thought, really? You really don't understand what people are suggesting when they say that? I kind of agree with him because it's like if the, if it brings you joy, who cares? Yeah. Who cares what anyone thinks? Like I get it that if it's if it's something that a lot of your friends hate or don't like, then it's like, all right, well, I like it. But it brings you joy. And it's not, it's, it's not like me – if me rocking out to firework – does not make any other one sad or doesn't append anyone else's life. That's just, you know, it's just me rocking out the firework. That's for me. So. Well, in, yeah. In general, I do feel like people should allow themselves to be open about what they enjoy and not worry what other people are going to think about it so Ab- much. I, mean, I guess that's what guilty pleasure would suggest. It would suggest that here's something that I like, even though I'm aware that maybe critically it doesn't hold up. Absolutely. So when Hillary Duff's Come and Clean comes on in my car, I will be singing every darn lyric <laughs> of that. Although on the Adam Carolla show, we have talked about when a song comes on and you, you like it and then you discover it's by a band you don't like and then you're instantly like, oh, I can't oh. like that. And that uh, happened to me. That happens yeah. to me. Like with, I remember that happened with Collective Soul. Once I discovered, <laughs> I just couldn't go forward with it. I love that December song. Who's that by? Collective Soul. Never mind. Yeah. What? Wh- all right. Why Collective Soul? Were they, I mean, why couldn't I like it? Because yeah. I found that they were Christian rock, and then I just felt like I don't think I'm a person who wants to listen to Christian rock. Oh. I'm, I have to take this back to there, the store. There's one of those like every ten years. Like it was Collective mm-hmm. Soul, then it was Creed, and then uh, right. I don't know what it is. Lifehouse, right now. that band. It, are, well, they're they're from. Wait, I don't know if they're still around or not, but they are at one point were Christian rock. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. So yeah, just one comes along. Katy Perry was too. Few, and well, yeah, she was the preacher star. There, there's yeah. some, there's some uh, YouTube video that I, I saw of her like back in the day and like when she was still doing like Christian songs. Mm-hmm. She was like performing in front of churches. She's got like the huge bangs and it just and the dress that looks like she's from being Amish. Yes. You know, and, and like just playing a guitar and you're like, that's the same woman? Yeah. her. I actually interviewed her. I did a story for Seventeen Magazine. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, about the popularity of, of Christian rock and they sent me to this big three-day music festival on Loon Mountain mm-hmm. in New Hampshire and she was one of the performers. Her name was Katie Hudson. Katie Hudson. I think okay. she was 17 at the time. Yeah. And I think that she, I think we talked about her having... I think she had lost her virginity and like had mixed feelings about that. Mm-hmm. And then the craziest thing was there was this guy that I interviewed and he 
threw himself in front of a bus because he lost his virginity and he felt so bad about it. What? But he lived. And I don't know. I don't know. And you got to interview that guy? (laughs) Hold on a second. How'd you pull that one? Where is this interview? I buried the lead, That has to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually, I started the story with that. And and because to me, that was just the most uh, captivating, just, you know, crazy (laughs) part of it. But because it was Seventeen Magazine, they wanted to have it skew more towards young women. Sure. So that ended up not being where it started, although he still was in in the story. I have a losing my virginity story that ties into the sort of Christian thing. Perfect. Man, this is good. Have I told this on a podcast before? I don't know. uh, Tell me you haven't. uh, This is going to be incredibly embarrassing, but why not, Allison Rosen listeners? Mm -hmm. Uh, When I I lost my virginity when I was 20, so kind of late. And uh, the girl I lost it to was uh, very into Christianity, and but at the same time wanted uh, for us to do this. Mm-hmm. And before we did the deed, uh, she made me pray to God out loud, uh, like holding her hand. <laughs> We're both naked, both on our knees, like in her room and like. Asking God, please not to get mad at us for what we were about to do. It was the most embarrassing. Like, because, you know, as a dude, like, you're like, all right, this is it. This is finally what we're going to do. We're both naked. All right, let's go. And she's like, could we just ask the Lord and Savior, (laughs) Jesus Christ, if he could bless our unholy union? And I'm like, "Uh," like, so literally when you're praying to God and, of course, when you're 20 and you're that young and you're about to lose your virginity, your erection dies for nothing. Mm -hmm. Like nothing can kill that thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Like your mom could walk in. You'd be like, that's still going. Okay. (laughs) So like literally I'm praying to God with an erection. (laughs) And it's just – I'm just like this is wrong on so many levels. Now were you religious at all? And hang on one second. Mm -hmm. Are you warm? Because we can turn the air on more. I'm I'm fine. I'm good. Okay. I'm warm (laughs) though I think. Yeah. Um, Okay. So were you religious or are you religious? Um, I'm one of those – I'm one of those – douches that goes i don't know what to believe in but i'm spiritual like i'm i'm that guy so feel free to tweet me feel free to make fun of me it's okay i understand that it's a very douchey thing to say because it's kind of a cop-out i kind of always made fun of that statement too and then i realized except that i kind of agree with it too right i guess as i get older i I do like i'm not classically religious but i do think i'm kind of spiritual yeah 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 (laughs) and and like it it, it literally it pains me to even say it yeah so at the time i was kind of like okay maybe this is what we should be doing but somehow uh, praying when uh the penis has gone from six to midnight probably isn't the best thing so yeah that was <laughs> that was the most awkward and then how was the actual experience oh it was terrible as, as the as i think most virginity stories are because you have two virgins doing something so it, it's yeah it, it it reminded me i don't know why this is going to be something terrible but it like it, it reminded me of two guys that uh, are looking at a car's engine for the first time, and they both think they should know what they're doing, and like they're both acting like, yeah, that's a carburetor, that, yeah, that puts air into the thing, and so I think that's kind of what we were both doing. Like we both didn't want to admit that we were really bad at this, uh-huh. but at the end of it, we're like, we were really bad at this. Like <laughs> this is not a good thing. How did you feel after? Uh, I felt good. I mean, I felt like. I mean, it's something I had been wanting to do for a while, and I felt uh, the the girl I did it with, I was in a relationship with for two years. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, okay, I, I waited for someone good. It, it wasn't just like, ah, I went down to Tijuana, got a hooker, and woo, that's over. <laughs> uh, you know, like, oh, and I never saw peaches again. Uh, it's not exactly that. So I, I felt okay about it, and uh, she felt 
good too. And then uh, three weeks later, we broke up. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I started doing comedy. Oh. I started doing stand up, and I was on the road, and uh, she didn't like it. She wanted me to quit and stay home, and I didn't want to do that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the that was the first relationship that went by the wayside uh, due to my job, and uh, followed by many more after. <laughs> so wait, you lost your virginity, and then three weeks later started doing comedy. That's a lot in one month. No, 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 no. Um, I, I I started doing comedy at age nineteen. Um, right before lost my virginity, I started going on the road, uh, and getting work constantly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I guess that was kind of her last sort of ditch effort to save it. Like, well, I'm probably going to dump you. So let's at least do this. <laughs> and, uh, then maybe we could save it cause you'll stick around and you'll, and if you have sex with me, maybe you'll stay home all the time. Cause you're like, I want to have sex constantly. Right, once you have a taste of it. Yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but uh, so I did it and then I, I was like, all right, that was awesome. Uh, I'm going to Bakersfield next week. So I'll see ya. It's, and that, you know, she failed in that. In yeah, that, that was that probably, regard. well, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I would imagine mm -hmm. if. That being our first time, that was even harder than to have you leave because she's like, yeah. the only way that I'm an okay person is if right. this works out. And if you stay and then we end up getting married and we have lots and lots and lots of babies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no, that didn't happen. So for people who don't know, you not only are a comedian, mm -hmm. um, you host or co-host the About Last Night podcast? Host. Uh, my co-host is uh, Adam Ray, another very funny comedian uh, uh, who has a little bit of a Jew crush on you. Oh. So. Is that different than a regular crush? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I think it is because uh, I have dwarf crushes on other little people. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm a midget too. Uh, I should probably say that. <laughs> I, I think that's the longest I've ever gone on a podcast without bringing it up. Like I feel like, like I forget sometimes because I have to say it because mm -hmm. we're doing a podcast. People are listening. You can't tell by my voice. Right? No, not at all. Yeah, I, I'm not. Oh, a lot. Let's on a podcast. Oh, a lot. I lost my Is that when? <laughs> All right, here's the the first of what I hope will be a long series of qu questions that mm -hmm. I feel uncomfortable asking. Sure. Because I know that you can't speak for all little people, yeah. but that voice, yes. is that something that's put on for us, or is that real? <laughs> Yo, like, do all midgets just go, oh, crap, the tall people are here. Okay, let's go yeah. back to talking about this. Uh, that is something... It, it, it's weird because someone else actually asked me that question before because but they and they likened it to how black comedians will, yeah. be, on, will, will be on stage going so I so I walked up this white motherfucker right here and I was like hey white motherfucker <laughs> what's going on in the bank today and he was like well I believe uh, we have some savings and loans you can get into and then like every black comic has that white voice so yeah. you know they're capable of it mm -hmm. but then they choose not to do it and uh Basically, it's and the whole dwarf voice thing it depends on the type of dwarfism you have. I have a chondroplasia, uh, which is characterized. I'm going to get kind of scientific here for a second. Uh, it's characterized by a large head, uh, small limbs, average sized torso, and as they say in the textbooks, prominent buttocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really says that. It says that prominent wow. buttocks. I have prominent buttocks. Do you, and you feel like you're holding up your end of that bargain? Absolutely. Pun. I make black women jealous. So you've got you've got an apple bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to find myself some boots with the fur. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I hold up that end. But um, some types of dwarfism have very uh, small necks or tight necks, and then the vocal cords are smaller mm -hmm. and more tightly wound, and then that uh, that encounter for the voice. And that type of dwarfism is uh, like just a, everything's proportional but smaller. Is that? Well, d d because dwarfism is a mutation, there's over 100 different types. So it's tough oh, to wow. say like that type of dwarfism is. It's like, uh, I don't know. 
Like there's yeah. There, there, there's by the way, I love saying that I'm a mutation because now because <laughs> now the X Men movies have come out. It's like <laughs> yeah, I'm a comic book hero. What's up? I don't know. I guess my powers are never being able to lose a limbo competition. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so well, that's okay. See, there we go. I did not realize there were a hundred different types. Yeah, so, I thought there were. Well, because two. Okay, so you have like guys like Vern Troyer, who is like two <sighs> foot nine. Like he's up to my like. Yeah. Like I can post up on him in the basketball court. Like that's I, how small he is. I have mentioned this before, but I I accidentally saw his sex tape because someone. <laughs> how do you accidentally? Because it was a room full of people, and someone pulled it up, and they were looking uh-huh. at it, and I was like, ah! It really has <laughs> scarred me. <laughs> have so, you ever seen it? Uh, I I felt it was required viewing as a dwarf. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's kind of like all right, I kind I kind of got to do this thing. How'd you feel about it? Uh, I felt like he did he did good for his type of dwarfism. Okay. Uh, you know, he's s- smaller limbs. Obviously, some positions that you Giant can't really tongue. do. Yeah. Ugh. So I thought, good good for you, buddy. Hey, <laughs> God may have not have blessed him in some ways, but in other ways, he made up for it. You I know guess. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Prominent tongue. Yeah, but see, he's kind of got the squeaky voice, mm-hmm. which makes it a little awkward when he's doing the moaning, and it's like, oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it sounds like you're watching a sex tape of Lilo and Stitch. I'm a cook about it. But big ups to him, man. And, and it, was with an, it was with an average sized girl or mm-hmm. a Reacher, as we call you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, good, so good for him. So, yeah, uh, like I have dwarf crushes on other female little people where I just kind of look at them and go, all right. I feel something in my body has to be attracted to you, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if that's like maybe that's what Adam means when he says uh, that that, that, that yeah that he has Jew crush on me like because you're a you're a good looking woman but Thank you. also a good looking Jew so maybe he just looks <laughs> at you and goes all right <laughs> well thank you I think um, okay and so that's your podcast and you guys yes. just joined. Jay Moore's network, correct? Yeah, uh, we just joined the Fake Mustache Studios, so uh, you you can find us there. Uh, when is this going to be posted, this podcast? Uh, uh, we, we're not 100% sure, but probably in the next couple weeks. Okay, great. Yes, we should be up and live on Fake Mustache Studios uh, on iTunes. Our podcast is called About Last Night. If you want to see the ramblings of a Jew and a midget, uh, then please uh, pay attention. And good. that is, how frequently does, it, does that come out? Once a week. Once a week. Yeah. And and what do you guys talk about? Uh, mostly the crazy and by the stuff. way, I tried to listen to it, but I couldn't get it to load on my phone. Really? Like, like five times I tried it. Well, we'll I'll vouch for it. Yeah, I listen. Oh, great show! There you go. Uh, we're we're going as 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 of this moment, we're going through through the transfer because we just switched networks. So that's probably why. I wonder if that's why. Yeah, it was in iTunes, and I kept it kept saying. Uh, error, retry, and then I'd hit retry, and yeah. then I do the tap to load, <laughs> error, retry. Sure, yeah, so. sure, sure. So, but it, it should be available by the time this comes out. And uh, basically, we go on many tangents. We have guests, but we like to focus on the crazy stories that happen on the road. Uh, it's funny. We actually just me, me and Adam, we just took a bromance trip together. Uh, we both went to uh, Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Nice. <laughs> Wait, is that where you were listening to your embarrassing song? That's not embarrassing? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that, we were doing all kinds of stuff there. And uh, that's where it's funny. I mentioned the limbo joke earlier. That's where I actually lost the limbo competition to some to, to some crazy Asian acrobat. Oh, yeah. She came in like Cirque du Soleil and kind of just like <laughs> like just folded straight down and goes under the limbo bar. And then everyone's looking at me like, you're a dwarf. You have magical powers. Go for it. I'm like, I can't do that. 
that's nuts. And then, like, I, I fell, and everyone was just shaking their head, and I, I felt like the black guy that loses at the dunk contest. <laughs> you know, like, you're just kind of looking around like, I, I've shamed my people. Yeah. This is not good. I, I will never be allowed back at the meetings anymore. Now, is it going to be hard for you to do limbo again, do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be scared of it. <laughs> it's going to be like, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it was a bad experience. And, I, oh, man, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's like the, it, it's like flying again mm-hmm. after you've had a near- death experience you're just like okay like you get nervous and you're you're having flashbacks it was it was all this weird thing like i, I felt like as i'm going under the limbo bar i'm having one of those like saving private ryan moments <laughs> where like you hear the ringing in your ears and everything's going in slow mm-hmm. motion and i feel like people are just looking at me like how is he not doing it <laughs> and then just crash fall no <laughs> apparently there were side bets going on uh but it's weird when you take off from los angeles and land in mexico because you land and you look around you go this looks like los angeles <laughs> like it's like yeah. what's the what's the deal here only uh i thought mexicans were small until i went to mexico and they went holy crap i'm in a land like they looked at me like gulliver's travels like i'm huge over there <laughs> Like, it was nuts. I'm like, these are some tiny Mexicans. It was it was insane. I'm like, I need to move here just for this. Right. My people. I I could play center on the national basketball team. It was do you, awesome. Do you speak Spanish? Uh no. Uh, I I speak enough to uh order on the side of the freeway to get to get what I want and not get screwed there. That's about all that's about all I can do. What are you ordering on the side of the freeway? Well, be, well because sometimes they have options. Sometimes they have oranges, sometimes they have blankets, sometimes they have roses. And so you have so you have to say uh, uh rosas or naranjas and uh, <laughs> you have to be able to do that and go back and forth. Uh, I don't know what blankets is. I shouldn't have used that as an example. I was, a I was, solid I was, plan. Definitely move there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it it was fun. It was fun to do a little uh, uh beach trip with dudes <laughs> did you um hook up with some chicks while you're down there i didn't i did not uh i i did not one of uh one, one of the members of our group did and uh it was it was intense because <laughs> uh well there's something about being on vacation where i don't know if people just think whatever like it's the whole what happens in whatever mm-hmm. stays in which by the way that it never phrase, does yeah that phrase is being completely overused it used to be what happens in vegas stays in vegas yeah. and that was the only one now i think girls are just looking for any excuse to be hoary so they're like <laughs> looking around like what happens in the coffee bean stays in the coffee bean it's like no people can see you yeah. it's okay like people try to use that for like everything you can't say what happens in north dakota stays in north dakota right. okay come on uh so yeah so uh it, it was one of those situations where the guy hooked up and then they started really talking and found out that they live like three blocks from each other in Glendale. The <laughs> funny thing is I can imagine her being like, oh, awesome. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's pretty much what he's like. Oh, and then I got this thing going on next week and we can hang out. And blah, blah, blah. and he's just like, what the fuck did I do? Because <laughs> I guess she just moved here. And when she gave him the number, it was like some area code from Ohio. So he's like, all right, sweet. This is good. And then. Turns out, your neighbors. <laughs> it's sort of like when Facebook pe- suggests people you should know, and it's your ex. Oh, like, don't don't you hate it when that happens? Because mm-hmm. then you have to click. Not that you have yeah. to add, but you have to look. Right. Even, even if you've never looked, you're like, oh, crap, what are they doing? And then if you're like me, you're constantly worried about accidentally liking something. <laughs> I'm always worried when I'm on, when I'm like a few people removed. So let's mm-hmm. say I'm on the page of 
the person who is now going out with my ex or something like gotcha, that, gotcha. then I'm afraid if I like this, that's really, then it's like proof that you're online stalking. Right. Ex- yeah, exactly. And then she's looking at like, why is your ex liking my statuses? Yeah. Like thinking there's some behind the scenes stuff going on. Exactly. Ooh, it's bad. <laughs> How did you get into comedy? Well, so, oh, wait, actually, mm-hmm. let me go. Even before that, okay. you were born in Orange County, is that yeah. right? Yeah, born and raised uh, OC boy uh, to uh, Peter and Susan Williams, uh, who are both tall, by the way. Uh, you know, midgets don't exactly give birth to other midgets. You know, it's not like a gremlins thing. You don't get one wet and like, like four of the midgets <laughs> pop out. Uh, and uh, it, it's the, the story goes, and this is an absolute true story, when I was born, um, you all right first of all when we're born don't think that when dwarves are born we're just like like my mom sneezed and shot me out of her womb across the room <laughs> like i mean like, like it, it it wasn't like that i came out pretty normal sized mm-hmm. but uh definitely you could see that something was up like you, what was that thing that they could see uh, uh smaller limbs and my head was probably about the size that it is now like at birth uh, so yeah, poor so my, mom. Yeah, I wrecked that. <laughs> that was that was the first one I wrecked. Uh, so my dad literally, when he saw that I was a little different, like he looked at me like that's not my kid. Like he thought that my mom had cheated on him. Wow. Yeah, and so like I I don't know how he discerned that. Like how he lo- looked down, saw me, and was like, ah, oh, well, obviously. Uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey came through town and mom must have had a time in the clown car. Uh, but he, for some odd reason, he's like, no, that's not my kid. This um, is like in the delivery room he said this? Or yeah. this is, wow. Yeah. That's so not the reaction you're hoping for. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you had, you had me at hello, dad. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but when they, they did the test and once he found out that I was his kid, mm-hmm. uh, then most badass dad ever, ever. I have no complaints about my dad whatsoever. Um, he actually, his whole philosophy when I was growing up is that he, w- he knew that I was different and he knew that other kids would make fun of me. Mm-hmm. So rather than do what a lot of parents of disabled children do, which is sort of hide their kid away from the world and shelter them and, be like, and try to protect them. He, he, he said, okay, life's going to be tough for him. I'm going to be harder on him, but in an encouraging environment, he would make fun of me. But then when he would insult me, he would say, all right, now hit me back with something. Get me back. Get Your me first back. heckler. It really was. He's, he's essentially trained me to be a comedian from day one. Uh, so I would do that. And, and so by the time I got to, like, kindergarten, first grade, and kids would make fun of me, like, uh, like I would have comebacks. And then they would have, like, no idea how to respond to that. That's actually a really, that's a really interesting idea. Did it hurt your feelings when he did it? No, because I knew what he was doing. Even at that young age, mm-hmm. I had this mindset because he because he made it kind of fun he right. made it a game like all right i insult you you insult me okay and but he did it always so you knew it was coming from a good place yeah yeah and, and he would just do it out of nowhere too we, like i'd be climbing the jungle james like how are you climbing that thing with those little arms <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and 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 he's bald and i would look back like it was it was more difficult to climb with the glare off your head <laughs> so yeah just like it's like hit him back with stuff and it was in it, it was this game so by the yeah by the time i got to school uh, it, those kids never stood a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, they were dealing with a professional at that at at, at that moment. So now, Did he, mm-hmm. um, was was this just his idea, or was he talking with I don't know child psychologists or anything like that? He went to some meetings for an organization called LPA, which stands for Little People of America, uh, which is sort of like our national uh, organization, and he just heard all the other parents. 
and other little people complaining about how much their kids get made fun of and teased and bullied. So didn't he, he didn't necessarily have that as a strategy from them, but he was kind of prepared like, oh, crap, this is going to like this wave, this 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 big bad wolf is is, is going to come. Let's build my son out of bricks. Mm-hmm. That was essentially his philosophy. Uh, and so yeah, so when it so when it happened, I was good. And, and your mom was on board with this. No, <laughs> mom was like, "Why are you always insulting the boy?" <laughs> she you know she she felt very bad. And she and she kind of coddled me, but and all that. But uh, uh, dad was very uh, very adamant about mm-hmm. and in. He and he also said like, okay, when a kid makes fun of you, you you do a quick comeback, but then you tell him, hey, we're friends now. Don't make fun of me anymore. And if they keep making fun of you, you deck them. Like that was literally his philosophy. Uh, I remember one time, this was in third grade. Uh, there was a new kid that came to our school, and uh, new kid, it's like being the new the, the new guy in prison. Got <laughs> you, you, you know, you got to shank someone the right. first day to establish dominance. So he looks at me and goes, all right. I'm going to mess with this. Uh, I'm going to mess with the midget so, you know, I, 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 I can take him. And what was this kid's name? Alexander Walro. I still remember this guy. Uh, so he started, like, picking up my backpack and, like, holding it above my head and, like, throwing it against the wall and stuff like that. So I, I told Alex to stop it. He said uh, uh, no, and he kept doing it. And then this was pre-UFC. I just ran at this kid. I jumped. I did, like, a Superman punch. And nailed him. And this kid, like at third grade, was like five foot four. He was a big dude. So I hit him, and he was wearing glasses. The glasses shattered, like cut his face. And then I, I got sent to the principal's office to, to, to do this. Principal says, "Brad, I'm calling your father." G- gets my dad on the phone and says, uh, "Mr. Williams, we have your son Brad here. Um, uh, he punched one of our other students today. Broke his glasses, and uh, he's bleeding in." in in the face and my dad goes why did he hit him and he said well the kid was making fun of brad a little bit and dad and my dad says did he warn him and i says yeah yeah brad brad warned him he goes you know what i'm cool with it uh (laughs) tell the kid that i will buy him a new pair of glasses and tell him i will buy him a new pair of glasses every time my son shatters a pair because he will every time he makes fun of him click and just hang up the phone i'm sitting there going all right daddy (laughs) woo I got permission. So, like, and so it, it was always that kind of mentality of, all right, it's me and my dad against anyone else who doesn't get this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it, it built me up great. So when I started doing comedy, if I ever got hecklers, it was like, oh, this is this is normal. This, this is just like everyday life. Like, people think when they heckle me that they're going to tell me anything new. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you really can't. I've heard this stuff from day one. Like, whereas most comics get heckled when they start doing comedy. I've been heckled literally from the day I was born, and kids looking at me and even parents sometimes are going, what the fuck is wrong with him? So it's I'm completely used to this. Uh, so I don't – yeah, it, it's always weird when people think they, they're, they're going to tell you a joke for the first time. Right. Like, it's always the – Major D at the restaurant. It's like, all right, I got three adults, one kid's menu. <laughs> I'm like, fucker, sit me. How about you sit me and you just lost out on a tip? How about that? You know, it's it's it's, it's like it's like that whole thing. It's yeah. crazy. Um, does it ever hurt your feelings? Uh, it's weird. Um, not. I don't know. Like, I I I literally don't know if if I get if if my feelings get hurt when people make fun of me. Because I just have such a snap reaction of going into attack mode 
that I'm not even necessarily thinking about how it affected me. I'm thinking immediately, all right, how do I get back at them? It's mm-hmm. like instant revenge. So I don't even know if it – like maybe it's something I internalize. Maybe it's something I get out on stage. I don't know. But it is always nice and I always humbling because it doesn't matter. I could do a show at a comedy club, sell it out, get a standing ovation, get off stage – feeling like I'm the shit and then walk out and, so, and some kid will go, Mommy, what's wrong with his head? And I go, oh, okay, all right, back to normal. All right, <laughs> cool. So I really can't, you know, forgive the pun, uh, I really can't get too much of a big head in, in this business because no matter what I do, I'll always be the guy, I'll always be something different mm-hmm. to people and uh, ha- be something that people make fun of or point at or stare at. So it, it, it definitely keeps me level. Um. Have you ever do you have you ever felt like you've gone too far in hitting the person back? Never. <laughs> Never. Uh Is there such a thing to you? No. Well, cuz here's the thing. I'm always unprovoked. Like I'm I'm like that I'm like that black belt that people are like, "Oh, you must get in fights all the time." They're like, "No, cuz if I can do a fight, I'm going to kill someone." Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel with going with insults. It's like, I don't I don't want to engage cuz if I do, someone's going to cry. Uh, like, I, I think the furthest I, I ever went, I even went on accident. Um, this guy was at a show and he was in the front row. His phone rang twice during the show. I politely and very politely said, Hey dude, um, show live standup show, shut, shut off your damn phone. And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. And then, and then it rang again. And then when, when it rang the third time, I picked up the phone and yelled into it. Hey, dude, and because I knew the guy's name was like Terry or something, I was like, uh, "Stop calling Terry. He's out on a date with his wife. He's trying to fuck her in the ass, and you're really, you're really cramping his style." <laughs> Turns out, and because I really did answer the phone, it was his twelve-year-old son oh. <laughs> on the other end of that phone call, and the mom like flips out, the dad's freaking out, and I go, "Hey, he should know." <laughs> like I'm trying to, I'm trying to back it up, but it's like I warned the guy. I yeah. warned the guy twice. The best is that the dude actually he got so angry when I got done with the show. He left the show. I thought I was done with it. Uh, when I got out there, there was him and uh, a cop staying there. He had called the cops on me for and what? That's what I, like. And he finally, when I got out there, he explained to the cop what happened. Like, because I, I guess when he made the call, he's like, "This, this man is uh, assaulting me and my wife," which. <laughs> By the way, come on, dude. You you, you really want – when there's a lineup and the, and the and the cop says, like, which one of these men assaulted you, you want, you want to point the midget and go, it was that man. <laughs> dude, you're a puss. Come on, man. Uh, so then when the, we, he, he said everything, like what happened, the cop just looked at him and looked at me and went, I can't arrest him for that. He was doing his job. Yeah. Shut up. And the cop just left and I just laughed at the guy. Uh, so, that, so that may have been the farthest I've ever gone, but – Really, I I look at hecklers like if you heckle me, I'm looking at you saying, "All right, you're disrupting my show, and my show is how I make my living and how I feed myself and some friends." Uh, so if, if you are trying to disrupt my show, you're trying to stop me from earning money, from making a living. You're trying you, you're trying to kill me. Like I, I I take it to that level, so I don't feel any remorse when I say crazy things to people. Ab- mm. Absolutely not. <laughs> when you go out in public mm-hmm. um, and just go through a, a in the course of a day, mm-hmm. how many stupid comments do you hear? Do Jeez. you hear them every day? Every day, like it's 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 like yeah, I, I I really can't put it all together. I mean, some are 
some are <laughs> more intense than others. Uh, it, was, it was not too long ago. I was, I was at a mall, and this is like it was, I think this was in April. And uh, this this dad and, and and this kid sees me, and they start walking towards me, and and I know that walk. That walks the uh, my kid just said some shit. I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Help, and I don't mind that because I don't mind when kids stare. I'm a blank, you know. Kid, kids are blank slates. They don't know what things are. So this is com- the whole dwarfism thing is completely new, new to them. Yeah. It's a new experience. So it's perfectly natural for a kid to look around and go, "Okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that's normal. That's fine." So the kid's walking up, and I'm ready to talk to the kid. The dad. Steps in before the kid can talk and before I could talk to the kid and says, you see, son, just like I told you, he's working undercover for Santa Claus and he's walking around and he's going to see who's naughty and who's nice and then he's going to report back to Santa. And then he gives me a wink like I'm in on it. Like, asshole, this wasn't (laughs) an improv game. Yeah. No. Um, But I can't get mad because the kid's there and the kid's like five or six years old. So I can't get mad because the kid's like completely innocent and if I get mad – the kid's first impression of dwarves is that were angry and violent, and that's going to stick him in therapy for mm-hmm. 12 years. He's going to cry whenever he sees the Willy Wonka movie. That's not fun. Um, so I had to kind of swallow it, and I just said, yeah, kid, I'm an elf. Uh, go around. I see he was naughty. He was nice. Um, <laughs> don't worry. You've been good. Uh, what, uh, what, do you, what do you want for Christmas next year? And the kid goes, I really want a new Xbox. And I look at the dad. I go, guess what? You're getting a new Xbox. <laughs> and now the dad's like, whoa, 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 I did not plan this. Like, well, dude, I didn't plan this either, but you yeah. rolled the dice. Let's dance. Hey, kid, what else do you want? Do you want a bike? Santa's dropping a bike on your ass. How about that? You get a bike, too. What do you want more than anything in the entire world? The kid's like, I really want mommy and daddy to get back together. All right, Santa's going to send daddy to rehab, and then you're going to get back together. That's what's going to happen. He's going to prove himself, and then that's going to happen for you. And then I started, like, running around the mall like I'm, like, on Oprah's very special episode. Like, I'm just giving stuff out, like, you get an Xbox, you get an Xbox, everybody gets an Xbox. I had so much fun. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, it's, it's, just, it's just taking those moments that – uh, that I've seen happen to other people when they get absolutely horrified and hurt and then they kind of shrink. I take those moments as opportunities like, all right, let's teach someone a lesson. Mm-hmm. Let's have them learn. I, I I know about this. I know what this is. Let's have them because I know the next time that dad sees a little person or someone else with a disability, he's not like – He's not going to go up to some dude in a wheelchair to explain to this kid that he's a cyborg. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's going to think twice about that. Right. So good. I just, I just laid a little knowledge on him. So, yeah, it, it, it happens every day. So that's why I'm, I'm – like it, it's really – it doesn't really hurt. It just kind of goes uh, – sounds stupid saying this as a midget, but it really goes over my head. Like I really – like I, I deal with it and then, and then I move on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have siblings? Yes. I have uh, a sister who is also tall. Uh, she's older, and uh, she went the more traditional route. Uh, she's she's an accountant. She's married. Everything is good. She's got the house, white picket fence. That sounds very Orange County. It's so Orange County. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, and then I'm the uh, and then I'm the black sheep of the family. Although we <laughs> there was an awkward moment. Uh, it, it, was, it was one of those moments as a teenager where I was like yelling with my dad and like we all we all rebel and it was the stupid thing because my dad m- my dad is under the impression that I don't tell you I love you I show you I love you and then that's good enough 
That's but, his philosophy? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but as, as a kid, you're always looking for some excuse why your life sucks. Yeah. So, you know, like, as a teenager, so, so one day, like, at dinner, I'm like, Dad, you never tell me you love me. <laughs> and then my dad just goes, son, I, I shouldn't have to because I didn't know what love was until you were born. Oh. My sister's older than me. She yeah. heard that. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> that was awful. Right, that was right in front of her. And my sister's just like, what does that make me? And I'm like, ha-ha, that, that makes you number two, woman. <laughs> I'm kicking ass. I'm the favorite. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, we get along great. Uh, me, me, and my, me and my sister, and uh, yeah, it, 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 we. It's weird. Like I don't have that thing. Like when, it, when people say like comics come from broken homes or drama or uh, just fucked up childhoods. I really like other than the whole dwarfism thing. It was pretty cool. Like mom and dad are still married. You know, sister, dog, we all had a great relationship. Mom's a housewife, dad goes out and works. It was very June Cleaver, like, mm-hmm. that that whole thing. And life was great, so I'm not, I don't need therapy. What, what did your dad do? <laughs> uh, dad, dad was a lawyer, and, uh, yeah, so, which, by, which, by the way, made uh, winning arguments with him impossible. <laughs> like, you're trying to say, Dad, I don't want to take out the trash. He's bringing out, like, well, evidence shows to the contrary <laughs> that when you take out the trash, the trash is, you know, it's just like, uh, you can't win. You just smile and nod. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what that must have been like for your sister. Granted, she's not sitting here. But mm-hmm. given how, it sounds like it was, like you're saying it was you and your dad against the world. Yeah. Do you think that she wished she could get in on that? Uh, she did in different ways. Uh, she bonded with my dad through sports. Uh, I played sports too, but uh, she bonded with him because uh, she played golf uh, and she played tennis. And my dad loved that. And uh, so that's how, and she was ridiculously smart, still is, uh, like, yeah, just got full rides. Net. She she didn't get a. She got nothing but A's throughout elementary school, junior high, high school, and college. Wow. She she went to USC. Uh, never got a any, anything less than an A in college. Took really hard classes. Uh, so yeah, they kind of bonded over academia. I was not that intelligent. <laughs> Still not. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll I'll be that dude that's like, but I was street smart. <laughs> hey, that counts for something. <laughs> it does certainly, but uh, that definitely. They, they, but they don't have something on, on the report card that says street smarts. A, <laughs> you know. So I, I didn't have that, but uh, no, she's great, and uh, she, so she bonded in other ways. I really don't think our family was fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's weird, like. Like, whenever I hear people complain about sometimes how they were raised and stuff, I'm just like, I, I think you're pulling strings at this point. You're reaching for stuff. Like, did your dad touch you? No? You're still together? No uncles punched you? You're fine. You're good. <laughs> stop being, Stop looking for an excuse to go to therapy. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're fine. And you get along with your mom? Yeah. Everyone, it's weird. I, I feel like I, as, as a comic, I should be like, well, my mom, what she did when she was raising me. Nah, mom's great. Well, mom, I, I always know a joke's going to be funny if I write it and I tell my mom the joke and then she doesn't laugh. She goes, I don't get it. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be great. If my mom laughs, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. That's, uh, what does like, that mean then? That's going back to the drawing board. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, not, it's not ready yet. <laughs> um, so I asked you. But I don't I don't know. Or maybe I didn't ask you. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. I, I started to ask you. And then I was like, wait, wait, let's go back to even before that. Oh, sure. My question was, how did you get into comedy? OK, um, I had not even thought about doing comedy. I, I, I was always kind of the uh, guy that was the, the funny dude, but I never really thought about it. And then I went to see a live stand up show and the comedian on stage uh, was doing a great job and then was started making fun of little people. 
And then the, then the audience on the other side of the room was dying laughing. And the audience that was sitting by me is like, <laughs> <laughs> like just kind of pointing at me like, one of them. And the comedian on stage is definitely notices the difference. He's like, whoa, why aren't you guys laughing over here? And he actually says, what is one of them here? And I, yeah, and I raised my creepy little hand in the air, and I was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> and uh, the, the guy didn't even flinch. He, he called me up on stage, and uh, he started. he's like, I got to talk to you. And he started asking me questions. And when he asked me, uh, the first question he asked me is, what do you do for a living? And at the time, I was 19. At the time, I was working at Disneyland. And I know Dwarf Disneyland. No, I was not one of the seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, uh, my, my actual job, no joke, my job at Disneyland, I was a – Bodyguard for the characters. They called a character host. Oh wow! Yeah, so I would walk around with Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and like organize the lines, take pictures. Every, every now and then, a five year old would step out of line and have to be like, "What's up, bitch?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> just throw a mean forearm shiver. Um, and I said something along those lines on stage, and the audience laughed. And right then, I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing this. <laughs> this is great." So I went home. Um, I told my parents that I'm dropping out of college. At the time, I was a junior at uh, USC, uh, just entering my senior year. Mm-hmm. So I had like a year. I had a year to go. What were you majoring in? Uh, I, I, don't worry, I was majoring in communication. So it's not like we, we lost a cancer cure. <laughs> Wait a second here. You're 19 and you're in your third year of college. I think you're selling you're selling yourself short on the smarts there. Yeah, oh, really? That's true. Is that is that weird? That, that sounds seems... a little quick. I didn't graduate college until I was 22. Don't you not graduate high school until oh, 18? Oh, wait. No, well, like, I started doing comedy at at, not, at 19. I didn't actually drop out until I was, I think, 21. Like, oh, okay. Because, like, I started doing both of them. Sorry, I'm not trying to be nitpicky on the timeline. No, I no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're like that guy who watches Back to the Future 3 and goes, excuse me. Yeah, I'm that <laughs> Mar- dick. Marty's not doing that <laughs> no, in, in, the, in, I, in the second movie. I'm totally that. No, it's fine. Sorry. It's fine. No, don't worry about it. Well, because he wanted to congratulate you on being Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Yeah, I pretty wish. much. <laughs> I wish. Uh, so yeah, like I I went to college for an, an, another two years, and I was doing stand up like on the weekends, and then, but then it, it got to the point where I started being able to go on the road, mm-hmm. and then it's like uh, I got to drop out. I had to, so I called up mom and dad and said, "Hey, mom and dad." I'm you had to because you you felt like you had the opportunity to do it at that point, and yeah. you didn't want to let it go. No, I mean, and every comic was well. Uh, what happened was is uh, Carlos Mencia wanted to take me on the road with him. And I, that was essentially living on a tour bus for four months, and you can't go to college while living on a tour right. bus for four months. So, and then he wanted me to be on his show, uh, the Mind of Mencia show. Uh, so it was like I, I, I had this opportunity. You can't turn down a national tour and being on a TV show. It's right. like, well, I want to get my degree in communication. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so yeah, that that's when I called up the parents and said, "Hey, I'm dropping out to do comedy." How did they feel about that? <laughs> oh, they were pissed. <laughs> Still. And they, they still do little jabs every now and then. It got a little better when I bought my house. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you can actually do something with this. Now, was any part of it – I'm taking a step here and I moved sure. to off base. That's fine. Was, do you think any part of it was – it sounds like your dad – would you say your dad's sort of protective? Mm, my dad – it's weird. He's pre- – no, he's not protective. He's, he's the dad that, well, let's teach, let's teach Junior how to swim. Let's throw him in the water and – See if he swims. Right. And but he wants to be there when you're in the water yes, swimming. Yes. So my question, so what I'm wondering is do you think not not only was it you were dropping out, but here you're gonna go on a tour bus and who knows where you're gonna be? Like was yeah. that a concern for them? Um for that, your dad? Yeah, that was a concern for him. I mean, because obviously the stigma of comedians is uh, you know, getting drunk every night, doing a lot of drugs and stuff like that. And uh that didn't happen. Uh so 
but he was worried about it. So it, it was very uh, almost famousy, where like all the other comics are on, are on, are on the bus, just ha- just having a good time. And I'm in the back, like, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, we're here in Arizona. Uh, we're having a good time. So uh, innocent. Yeah, every, yeah. Everyone's safe. Meanwhile, in the background, some comic has some girl in, in one of the bunks. She's screaming. No, we're watching a horror movie. Uh, that's that." <laughs> That's what that is. So, yeah, there, there, there were those kinds of moments, but uh, <laughs> it was, it, it was goofy. It was fun. It was rock starry. And then when I got back off the road, uh, off that tour, they, they, they wanted me to go back to college, and I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna go back on tour. So, yeah, that I just kind of never went back. <laughs> oh well. What a waste of money. <laughs> you know what? Maybe <laughs> I'm not even pregnant, but I feel like. The fact that I was able to say that, it's like I just honed in on some, some parent, parent of yeah. a 19 to 21-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, and, and they and they remind me about that a lot, uh, you know, I mean, because... Oh, it sounds like it obviously was the right decision for you and worked out for you. Sure. Well, I always thought that you go to college to figure out what you want to do with your mm-hmm. life, and the moment I stepped on stage, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. So I was like, all right, I'm doing this. Good. And, it's like, and I know it's a business that's hard to sort of break into and hard to get successful at and takes uh you know a good time to amount of time to do it but i never really had any like i had confidence that i could do it so i thought yeah and i, and I didn't want to be that guy that like i'm waiting tables but i also do comedy or i'm going to school and i'm also doing comedy because i don't I, I felt like even at that time that that hinders your comedy because you're not focused on that you know I, I can't be writing great jokes and i'm thinking about a term paper right so, and plus yeah. i even just imagining being in college and then here comes this opportunity that you really want and it's really yeah. exciting. Like I like physically I can feel how hard that would be to say, no, I'm going to turn that down. Yeah, and even worse is once you start doing it and then you're back in classrooms – like you were like I'd be just going out on the road and I would uh, be doing these shows and having crowds cheer and tell me I'm really funny and oh you're gonna be great in comedy and then you go back and some teachers yell at you for falling asleep in class because you have to take the red eye flight <laughs> to get to that class in the first place and they're talking about brain surgery and you're just taking it because it's a because it's right. a requirement. You're like no, you don't understand. I'm important. Yeah, I, damn it. I, I tell <laughs> jokes. I make humorous observations about daily life. Respect me. Have so how old are you now? Uh, twenty nine. Okay, so you've been doing it for. Ten years. Have you had any moments where you've you've uh, doubted that this is what you want to do? Never, never. And I, I, I mean, th- there's certainly been sets where I bomb. It's not, it's not like I've never bombed. Every comic has bombed. And but whenever that would happen, I would look at it not as ah, oh, this sucks. Oh, this is because here's what happened: is the first time, and I found out talking to a, a lot of comedians that I that this is true for a lot of comics. That the first set they ever do, they do well. Mm-hmm. Then the second set, they bomb, and they go, "What? What That's happened?" Actually, I I did stand up very briefly, mm-hmm. but the first set I ever did, mm-hmm. like I won, I won this contest, and oh, it yeah? was so I was so confident. I was like, "I'm going to." I just I've very rarely have I experienced. Well, there's been a handful of times in my life that I've had that kind of confidence, and it's like I just knew I was going to be amazing, Mm -hmm. and I was, and then it just went, (laughs) took a nosedive after that because I kept thinking about it. And and then you're always trying to get back to that point because you're like, I know it's possible. I I know I did that once, and then you get little sparks every now and then. A joke works, and you you just get motivated. So, yeah, there was never a time when I was like, ah, crap. I got it. What what have I done with my life? I should be in a cubicle somewhere. No, I was I was having I was having way too much fun. Why is that first time always so good? I think because there's so much nervous energy, and like 
it's new to you. And I feel like some of the best jokes are the ones that the audience, at least that have the, the jokes that have the illusion that you wrote them on the spot. Mm-hmm. And definitely when it's your first time out there, there there's going to be a lot of those kinds of moments. Um, and yeah, and, and and also you don't know what a good set is, and you don't know what a bad set is. So when people laugh, you're like, okay, I did, I I I did good. Mm-hmm. Like whenever when because probably your first set's going to be like three minutes, five minutes at the most. So yeah, you you get three laughs during those three minutes. You're like, I killed. <laughs> I did awesome. So, yeah, and then you do a set that you get two laughs or one laugh or no laughs, and you're like, oh, why the hell? Right. Yeah, so, or, or you just come in with a cockiness because you, you did well the first time, and you're like, duh, well, I don't even have to have that nervous energy. I can just say these things, and they're funny because I'm this damn talented, uh-huh. and that's not how it works. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then it, then it goes bad. Then, then, then you're just biting and clawing to try to get back to that original. It's uh, yeah. So I guess when that happened, I was just like, ah, I'm just gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep doing this. That and I was dropping out of college, so to say that I, this this is wrong would be admitting that that whole thing was wrong, mm-hmm. and then having to go back to school. And I hated school, so I could not admit that this was a failure. I had I had to succeed. Mm-hmm. There was I had to. I had to. It's weird. Um. So. The M word. <laughs> Midget, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was the last person in the world to understand that – or to, not to understand. I understand mm-hmm. it. But I'm the last person in the world to get the memo that that is a word that people are not supposed to use anymore. Yeah. And I don't know how that happened because unlo- like, there's certain people I know who are like, fuck it. I'm, I want to say whatever I want to say and that's sure, just sure, who I sure. am. But I'm someone who – it's like if – if someone is offended or hurt by this and mm-hmm. it's no skin off my back, yeah, I'll use a different word. So I think I'd just been out of college for so long that I don't know. Somehow I did not know. <laughs> and I remember mentioning it to my family and they're like, oh, yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> they knew? They knew wow. because they had watched Little People Big World. Right, 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 right. I think that's how they knew. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But anyway, yeah. So um, rude awakening for me when I realized that perhaps I'm offending people. Not that mm-hmm. I use that word all the time. But you're okay I'm okay with it. With midget? Yeah, I'm fine with it because, like, I was always told the word was bad by other by other dwarfs. Wait, has this? How long has this word been not okay? Oh, uh, jeez, I don't, I don't know. Always? Uh, I don't have a no because actually, when and th- this is one of the reasons why I'm okay with it because when the organization Little People of America was started uh, by Billy Barty, uh, I think it was either in the '60s or '70s. They were called – they were not called Little People of America. They were called Midgets of America. Okay. They were called that. So when I, I – I look at that and this group, LPA, Little People of America, is usually the ones that are most angry about the word being used. So I look at that like, well, you can't take it back. You, you can't be like, uh, all right, we are Midgets of America. Respect us. Oh, cool. You're Midgets of America. How dare you call us midgets? <laughs> wait, what? Like, so – I saw that as kind of like the first chink in the armor. We're like, wait a minute, why is this word offensive? Mm-hmm. And I started looking, like looking it up. Like, okay, other racial slurs have something that is deeply offensive. You know, uh, whether it be the N word or like fish head being referring to a diet or slopes being referred to a nose thing or you know, like stuff like that. I've or, never heard fish head. Oh, fish head. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that that's an Asian one because uh. I, I don't they, know where it was, but like the, the, yeah, yeah. the fish, like the All right. yeah. Thanks, gonna use that one. Yeah, fire out a fish at every now and then. Well, basically, I I learned a ton of racial slurs from that Grand Torino movie. Oh man, I, I, I feel like I learned all of mine from Truly Tasteless Jokes. Right? Did you have that book? I loved that book. Oh, I didn't have that book. That that's a book. Oh yeah. Ooh. Truly, did you no? 
it's all truly tasteless jokes. It's got look this up. yeah. It's all my dead baby and Helen Keller jokes are from there. Yes, many yeah. of my like mm. all bad like that's I think I told you that I, I used love to think dead baby jokes. I used to think um, <laughs> doesn't. I used to think it was pronounced pussy. <laughs> from reading it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I remember there's something happened with with my mom where one of her friends, I don't know, some big upset among the housewives of Orange County yeah. before the show, though, because right. someone had called someone else a bad word. Mm-hmm. And my mom wouldn't tell me what it was. Ooh. In retrospect, I suspect it was cunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like... I w- it was so upset that she wouldn't tell me. So mm-hmm. then I just started rattling off all these <laughs> terms from the book. You went through your list. Yeah, and I was like, was it New Guinea cocksucker? And she's like, what? Because <laughs> that was the punchline of a joke. But I think I thought that the whole I thought the whole term was a New Guinea cocksucker. <laughs> oh, wow. A New Guinea cocksucker. That, that, yeah, that, that, I, I didn't that understand a, the joke. Was that a, uh, an Italian joke at the same time? I don't know. I don't, that, that's either an Italian joke or a... Sound it, 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 it sounds like like a name of a term like hey man I I I, I took Sharon out last night and she gave me the new, the New Guinea cocksucker <laughs> whoa I'm gonna She's have to serious. look it up yeah, we I need to hear more about this joke yeah <laughs> I'm gonna have to find it was the punchline I'll have to find out what the actual setup was anyway so as that's you're awesome. saying yeah 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 uh, wow that's cool uh so yeah the word I was like looking into the word midget and I couldn't find why it was offensive all these other words have stuff that's means bad i guess some people claim it um it, it refers to things that back in the carnival days but then also you have like bugs that are called like midget bugs mm-hmm. or midget version of bugs or something like that so it can't be that offensive if it's in reference to other species is it because of the diminutive like the et well, i don't know what what's the root what's midge it's, i don't know i i it's like I, I know midge means smaller or something means smaller mm-hmm. um but it, I, I i couldn't find it so I saw all these other little people getting mad for what I saw to me no reason. It's like you're getting worked up over nothing. And I hated that I felt like I had to re- I had a requirement to be upset. Like when someone said, yeah, you're a midget, I had to go like, ah, crap. I have to get mad now. Like I have to be pissed off mm-hmm. when really I wasn't. And it's not like it had any power. It's not like when you call me a midget, I immediately have to do a midget thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. ah, look at that midget over there. Crap, I was going to the store, but now I got to go bake cookies because you called me a midget. Ah, yeah. Fuck. So... I just didn't see it that way, but there there are a lot of little people that do not like me because of that philosophy that I have. Um, How have how have you found out? I mean, did uh, I say it to you when they protested me? (laughs) There was a I did not know about this protest. Yeah, I did a gig in Livonia, Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, at a comedy club called Joey's Comedy Club, and twenty four members of the LPA came out to my show with like picket signs and everything. Wow. Well, let's be honest. They weren't picket signs. They were three by five cards. <laughs> uh, but they were they were protesting me because I was using the because I they're like you say the word midget and when you call a dwarf a midget, it's the exact same as calling a black person the n word. And I was like, midget, please. <laughs> no, no, that's not the same. You can't, you can't, you can't make that the n word. Like, there's your proof right there because you didn't even say the word. You said the word midget and you right. said the n word. Right. So they they can't be equal because no one, when they're at their job, looks to their left, looks to their right, and goes, "I've got some midget jokes." <laughs> no, no one says that. Yeah. It's not the same. Black, like black people were called that when they were going through slavery. Midgets were never slaves because we would have been the worst slaves on the planet. <laughs> Slave, fetch me that jar. Second shelf, boss. You're fucked. <laughs> like 
you can't make that comparison, in, 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 in my opinion. So that was their thing, and they they did protest me. I still I still get hate letters a lot on uh, Facebook on my uh, website bradwilliamscomedy.com. and uh, from little people or from yeah from little people and also from parents of little people. Yeah, that's my question. Is it from people on behalf of little people? Too? That that's probably more. Right. It, I get I I get it more from parents. They're going, my son. He's a little person. You're like, okay, good. Well, when he gets to be old enough, maybe he can decide for himself. And it's like, it's like I'm not when I'm. When Which is, I mean, to to direct it at you seems so misguided. Yeah, because obviously you're not coming from a place of hate, right? And like, and most of the time, like I've offered these because uh, most most of the dwarfs that hate me have never seen my show. They don't know what the perspective is of the comedy, of the jokes, the fact that I go on stage and I have a whole big chunk on how when you see someone with, with a disability, you should not ignore them but rather talk to them so you can learn about it and better educate yourself. That, like, that's I – mean, I know that wasn't very funny, but that wasn't the funny part of the joke. <laughs> but uh, like I, I have that whole bit in, in my act. So once they see my act – I've had many little people see my act and go, oh, that – okay. Okay, I get it now. And then they kind of apologize and say, "All right, you're doing you're doing you're you're doing a good thing." Um, so yeah, it, it, it's the ones and the, the, the parents are the craziest. Like my son's a little person. It's like I'm a little person. Okay, I have a little more experience than you. Right. So it's ugh, it's it, it, it's just it, it's really a hot button issue with me because it's just I I don't want to give a word power. If you give that word power, you allow someone. To have this word in their back pocket, they can always use. They'll just that trumps whatever argument you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter, no matter no matter what you say, then that person can be like, "Ah, well, you're just a stupid midget," and then it's like, "Ah, crap! Now, now I lost." But if if you take the power away from the word, then you're fine. Then that doesn't affect you. And why be depressed if you don't have to be? <laughs> I don't get it. It's it's just it's just weird to me. And um, it's and it's also because. The dwarves that hate me, they're balanced out by the dwarves that think I'm like a god. <laughs> like, yes, finally another one. So, so, so there's definitely two schools of thought. But to all the non-little people listeners uh, of the podcast, if you see a little person, don't call them midgets. I don't know what class they fall under, <laughs> if they're going to be mad or not mad. So, yeah, just say dwarf little person. I just find those words weird because, like, little person kind of sounds condescending to me. You know, like yeah, like you're just a little person. You're not a person. You're a little person. It's like, and it's not specific. You hear little person. You don't know if you're talking about me or a short person. Yeah, or like a Puerto Rican. <laughs> you know, it's very tiny people. Uh, and, and and dwarf has the whole Snow White aspect to it, like kind of fairy taley. Like you're a dwarf. You think I'm gonna just go on stage and be like, hi ho. <laughs> like, by the way, right now, twenty miles away, some midget's ears just perked up when somebody's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. There's definitely different schools of thought, but uh, I definitely come on the side of I don't care. Just it's just it, do you if you hear someone casually use that the the word midget though? Do you kind of no? You don't. I don't have any reaction. Like if to I it. were to. If I were to hear someone refer to an Asian person as an Oriental, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I always look like, oh, that person is so not up on right they on have... what is what is now or on language. Yeah, they haven't gotten the memo. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, how I felt, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm that sixty year old. <laughs> how yeah. did this happen? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I'm I'm a very optimistic person. I don't I, I don't like to get upset if I don't have to. So if someone in, 
casual conversation was like, yeah, you're like my first real midget friend. I'll be like, cool. I'm glad I'm your first midget friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, your trophy should arrive in three to five business days. Like, it's just, I don't want to get mad if I don't have to be. And yeah. uh, so if people use the word and it's not really affecting me, then it's, all right, great. I use do feel like intent has, or sh- I, I wish intent was considered yeah. when people got upset about language. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, because if someone's yelling across the street, hey, you stupid midget, well, then it doesn't really matter what they said instead of midget. Like, hey, you stupid person of short stature. Like, it still sounds kind of angry yeah. and kind of, you know, hey, you fucked up little person. You know, you know it's, it's no, no, no matter what you say there, it's, it, it still sounds bad. Right. So, yeah, intent is definitely part of it. Uh, so I, I, I just don't get what all the big fuss is about. I, I really don't. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, are you in a relationship? I'm, well, if I'm pausing, I guess that means yes. <laughs> it, 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 it's in that stage. And, and you know what? This, this is an interesting topic. Okay. When do you know that you're in that stage? Because uh, I'm all in the school of thought of you date people. You go out. You're, you're, you're dating. Mm-hmm. You know, you go on two dates with someone. Are you a couple yet? No. Uh, yeah, but uh, maybe five dates or a couple now? Possibly. Once you've had sex, does that mean you're a couple? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. So there's all these different things about what the stages mean. So I think I am in a relationship right now. I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> well, uh, well, it sounds like you got – it sounds like you're in that nebulous zone before the conversation about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so we'll probably have the conversation uh, – and it'll probably and yeah, I'll, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'll just say yes. I've I, I have a girlfriend now, uh, uh, tall, so uh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you normally date tall women? Uh, I date both. I really don't have a preference. Um, although with tall women, and this is what I'm finding out uh, with this one, is uh, tall women are a little more overprotective with me <laughs> than other dwarf girls are. Uh-huh. Like, cause cause like dwarf girls will see people staring at us and go, eh, whatever, it's cool. Like, and, oh, and it's, it's also really weird when people see two dwarves together because they automatically assume, like, it's a show. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just looking at us like, where's the cameras? They're going to do something. They're going to start doing cartwheels. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. They're going to, like, start, start pulling rabbits out of hats. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, but, then, but then when you're with a tall woman, um, they aren't used to being stared at in that way. Mm-hmm. So they start like, did, did you see that kid staring at you? It's like, yeah, that happens a lot. But what about that kid over there? Yeah, I know. But then that dad's staring at you. I, that, yeah, it's a four-foot guy with a five-and-a-half-foot hot Mexican woman. Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, it, you have to kind of go through that stage. And uh, it, it, it's always interesting. And, it, and it's always interesting when and, – because this happened one time when I was dating a tall woman uh, where we were at a bar. And um, – because they they have the stage where they everything is new with the whole dwarf thing, and then they have the they completely forget about it stage, where uh, I, I was at this one of my ex girlfriends. Uh, we were at a bar one time, and some dude uh, bumped into her. Drinks are spilled, and the guy looks at my ex at uh, my girlfriend at the time and goes, "Hey, watch where you're going, bitch!" 
And she's Jeez. like, what the fuck? Did you just call me? Did you just call me a bitch? Did you just call me a bitch? My boyfriend <laughs> is going to kick your ass. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> no, 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 no. Why are you? No, no. This is not. Like, I don't know what she expected to happen. Like, I was going to run out there, like, blow some whistle. Nine other midgets are going <laughs> to run out. We're going to form up and fight, like, Voltron or something <laughs> like that. Like, no, not going to fight. Like, she did that. I'm looking at her like, nah, you were being kind of a bitch, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to agree with the guy. Oh, yeah, dude, you're going to be really sorry when her actual boyfriend shows up. He's a big guy. Uh, so, yeah, you have you have that uh, as well. Uh, right. That that happens. So, uh, yeah, but uh, she's a fun girl. Um, uh, it's weird. She wasn't um, – she didn't really – she wasn't like a groupie type where it was like she met me after a show or she saw me perform. It was a friend of a friend, and we kind of started talking online. But then the show definitely, when she first saw me perform, that definitely sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, crap. That's what he does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that that was very, that was very good. And, uh, yeah, lovely, lovely Mexican girl with a fiery temper. <laughs> which is oh no it's the whole like defending thing so when like she sees like and she's kind of used to women taking or trying to take her boyfriends because they want to sleep with them so like when other women are staring at me she's assuming that's why they're staring at me she's like that puta over there is staring at my man it's like well yeah because i'm got a i'm four foot nothing and have a huge head and a large ass that's why she's staring at me <laughs> She's not staring at me like I want to break me off some of that. Like she's not, she's not doing that. Calm down. So yeah, there's like there, there, there's like that moments every now and then, but mm. it's fun. But it, that still must feel good though that she's that possessive. It does. It's better because yeah, I kind I I kind of complain about it, but at the same time, that's way better than Tah! that dude. That dude's making fun of you. Have fun with that one, shorty. You know, <laughs> it, it's better than just the not caring at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's good. We're in that brand new stage, so everything's sort of. All like that person has no flaws. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy that. Yeah, well, it, it, it won't last forever. Like when, because you're engaged right yes. now, right? Yeah. Yes. Was there a moment that you knew that it's like okay, we're now in a relationship? Actually, did you have the talk? He very much earlier than I thought was the point to have the talk. He mm-hmm. said to me. If it's okay with you, I'm going to tell people you're my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> just not because I doubted it, yeah. but I just wasn't – well, I I was still maintaining this – well, at that point, I wasn't. But I was coming off this whole, I have to be single. I'm not mm-hmm. good for anyone. I can't okay. do a relationship. Right. I just moved here. I, I don't even know – I'm living with my parents again, and I'm trying to find a place, and I'm so – everything's up in the air, and I'm just – it's a mess. And the worst thing for me right now would be to get into a relationship. That, that's, that was my mindset. It's always the mindset right before you yes. get in one. And then I was like, but I really like him. I really like getting to know him. Yeah. Um, we're just going to be – I just want – I just think we should be friends. And then, like, you know, once it became, well, now, okay, we are, <laughs> and now we're making out, and I, yeah. I really like him, so it's more than friends. Right. Um, and I'm just going to see where this goes. Yeah. And then it was like, I'm going to, and then we were, you know, we were dating, obviously, mm-hmm. and I I just knew there was something different about this. Like, I knew that, yeah. that it could be something, it could really be something. Mm-hmm. And then he said, you know, he's going to refer to me as his girlfriend, and I was like, I just... I actually said I was fine with that, but I said I'm not I'm not ready to refer to you as my boyfriend yet because I knew that the minute I put that label on it, 
I was going to start treating it differently and thinking of it differently. And that's what I was – actually, I I didn't, but I was worried that I was going to start. Yeah, I was worried that I was going to just – I don't know, that somehow that would make everything get fucked up. <laughs> no, and it, The it, stakes would become too high. And how, and how sad is it that you could be perfectly happy with someone? Uh, you could be perfectly faithful to that person. Yeah. I mean, you're not... Cause, cause, no, I, I wasn't interested in anyone else or anything. Yeah, and even though I hesitated with the answer to that question, it's, it's not like I'm out like banging, get, you know, getting on the side. I'm definitely faithful. But it, it, even though all those things are good... When you still hear that, okay, now we're in a relationship. Whoa, 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 hey, yeah. hey, 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 we're going a little too fast. I don't know what that is that that makes us do that. It's weird. I think for me, if for me, it's that, or it was that. Once it becomes officially a relationship, once this is officially my boyfriend, then it becomes something that I can lose. Good and point. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't yet so sure that it wasn't going to go away. Right. Well, yeah. Oh, you know what? It, that, that's a very good point because um, I've, I've I've been through a few relationships where, like, literally right after I started calling them the the girlfriend, then you break up, mm-hmm. and now it's like, oh, well, we broke up, so now I literally have to tell everyone yeah. that we're not dating anymore, and like you you go through that a couple of times, and you're like, I I just don't want to. Say, don't jinx it. Yeah, I, I don't want to say. All right, we're yeah. official. I don't want to be love's fool. Yeah, we're <laughs> dating, and then like you break up, and a week later, people, go, oh, so how, so how's your girlfriend? Yeah. We, we we broke up, <laughs> and you have to do that whole awkward thing. So right. you're right. I think pu- pu- putting the label on it is definitely saying, okay, now now I can lose this. Yeah. Now this is because if you're just going on dates and then you have a fight and you know you say, ah, I don't want to date this person anymore. Okay, well that's nothing. Then it's all casual, or at least you tell yourself it is. Yeah, you still hurt, but it's like, yeah, it's fine. So yeah. it, it's it's just it's just amazing. There's always like almost that immediate pushback, like, and you could even be thinking it too. It's like, oh, I kind of really want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with this person. And they say, and then the and then the other person says, we're in a relationship. You go, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 <laughs> back off. That's ah, weird. Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to deny ourselves what, what we really. I want. know because we're afraid. Mm-hmm. Although, to Daniel's credit, he didn't seem. He seemed okay with my not being ready yet to use that term. Mm-hmm. Whereas, it, if the tables had, if it was the other way around, I think I would have been like, "What does that mean?" That you know, right. I would have driven myself crazy. Right. So I think he he thankfully believed that I was being honest about what I was, as opposed mm-hmm. to I was some kind of asshole. Yeah, it, it's weird because sometimes because you say that to people like, "Hey, I'm not ready to call you my boyfriend." Doesn't mean you know, it doesn't mean anything else. It just means I'm not ready. And then it's like, well, what does that mean? What is it? No, it means I'm not ready. Yeah, doesn't mean I'm not going to be ready. I mean, right now, just not ready. Uh, just let it let let it happen a little more. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. There's just always that weird moment of that talk where you go, okay, I think this is something now. Okay, mm-hmm. that that transitional period now, and now you're and now you're a couple. Now people say, uh, what's his name? Daniel. Daniel. Now people say, "Oh, invite Allison and Daniel." <laughs> yeah. You know, now now you're that couple. You're like, "All right, we're going to show up in pairs. People expect us to be together." Right. And you're like, ah, "Crap." But <laughs> it's exciting, but at the same time, nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. It's fun. So yeah. I'm, it, and but now uh, other dwarf girls, uh, when they find out that I'm dating tall women, they definitely get mad. Oh, is there? A, are Are you supposed to only date? 
Yeah. Little people. Yeah, we're supposed to. That's, <laughs> Is that it, the rule? It, it's written in the. Did you take an oath? It, it's written in the midget Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> Very small piece of paper. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like so. When whenever like, and especially in this, like, I'll post a picture or something on Facebook, and then someone will be like, "Girlfriend, what is, what's happening? Why are you dating little people?" And uh, and it's like, well, here and 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 here's one of the reasons. Most uh, dwarf women do not live in close proximity to me. We're kind of all, despite the rumors, there's not something that call, that's called Midget Town that exists in Long Beach. <laughs> Even though you, if you Google that, people are like, I went to Midget Town. It's not there. It's, sorry. Sorry to burst bubbles. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so they definitely kind of get mad. and like, But they, 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 they live so far away. It's like I don't want to do long distance. Mm-hmm. And I'm a comedian. I travel every week. So when I have a week where I don't travel, the last thing I want to do is be like, well, I guess I got to get on a plane and go to Oregon where my girlfriend lives. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's just not feasible. Well, what what do you think is the thinking? Where do you think they're coming from? Are they coming from a like you you don't accept yourself kind of thing? I think they're coming from a because a lot of little people have trouble dating uh, average sized people, tall people, reachers. Uh, because of either we're scared that it's a fetish thing, you know, that I, we're... I could totally understand Like, that. we're only a bucket that list. Fear, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, we're a notch, and, uh, uh, which, for sometimes, by the way, is perfectly fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I hope you know I really just did this because you're a bucket list item. Great! That means you don't have to talk anymore. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and so there's that, and then there's also just the... you. There's a fear that a tall person is not going to accept you ever truly for who you are, whereas a, where as a fellow little person, they know they can accept you on every level. They can understand you on every level, so they'll they'll get you. So when one and there's not that many of us, and not that many of us in certain age groups, mm-hmm. and even less of us that are attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that safely. So when. One of us goes off the market, right? And it Especially happens. a good-looking piece of prominent ass like you. Yeah, <laughs> hot grade A tail with a job. <laughs> What's up? Uh, when that goes off the market, it's like they got a good one, <laughs> you know. And it definitely happens uh, with uh, female little people. I've had the same sort of knee-jerk reaction when uh, when a, when attractive young uh, dwarf women are dating tall men. I'm like, hey. Come on, I'm right here. I'm good, you know. So there, there, there's definitely that knee jerk reaction, and I, I think it's more of a fear of, well, if if that person's off the market, that means less people that can mm-hmm. be with me. So uh, I, I, I think that's why they kind of get. I think that's, I think, I think that's why they get angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like ah, one less, you know, because you're like, wow, well, I should date another little person. That way we can share shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that with too many people. We 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 can wear the same Chuck Taylors. It'll be great. <laughs> Which... I th- All right, I think it's time for just me or everyone. Oh, cool. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Right. Dan the Dodge says, whenever I see a car on the road with any body damage, I assume the driver was at fault and stay away from them. Just me or everyone. Um, I kind of do that. I think I kind of do. I haven't. I wasn't aware of it, but I think I probably do. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of walk by or like, God, oh, that person messed up. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> I'm a lot more judgy. I, I don't know. I examine the damage and 
you know, if it's on the front end of your car, then fine, that was your fault. If it's on the side, well, is it in a place where you backed into a pole like an asshole, or did you get <laughs> T-boned? Like, makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's I nice like of cars. you. I like cars, so I get I get really <laughs> investigative. Howington 55, always squeeze out every tiny bit of air before closing a Ziploc bag. Nothing worse than a puffy bag taking up space. I don't. I don't always do that. I wish I did. You, you don't? No. Oh, this, Is that, I feel like that's, every time. that's part and parcel of the whole Ziploc agreement you're making, isn't it? That you have to squeeze the air out? Yeah. yeah. That's, you, got, you got to keep it fresh and, sit and save space. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you, I, yeah I, I, I give the bag a little old macho man elbow drop and it just... You know, Take it out. Oh, yeah. And we're good. All right. Related question. Saran wrap, which is something I hate to begin with. But mm-hmm. when you put saran wrap over a bowl, do you kind of stretch it out or you just like put it on and then push it around the edge of the bowl? Because mm. I feel like you're supposed to kind of give it a little bit of a tug. Yeah, I stretch it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I, de- I definitely <laughs> stretch that out. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know why I tried to make that sexual. <laughs> Laurel TQ. When loading the dishwasher, I make sure every compartment has one of every utensil, knife, fork, spoon, before doubling up. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, However, that's just you. <laughs> I feel like it might also be my mom because spoons will cuddle. And it's like, don't you mean spoons will spoon? Because if you have two spoons. <laughs> Who says spoons will cuddle? My mom. <laughs> there exists a word that is based on how spoons get together. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What? Come on. I know. Uh, um, yeah, because two spoons in a compartment will spoon, and then the water and stuff won't get in between. But however, that's, like, that's like if you took a stone, threw it up in the sky, it hit two birds, and you're like, wow, that's like I, you know, uh, I like killed a bunch of birds. And you're like, <laughs> there exists a phrase to cover this exact situation. <laughs> Killing two birds with one stone, that's what you did. Yeah. So Wow, she, she says they're cuddling. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny. I'm trying to think if there's any other thing, other uh, aphorisms that she just skips right over to say other things. News mom-isms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but something happened Something happened to me with the dishwasher recently. Uh-oh. What happened? Which is I reached in and I stabbed my finger on the fork tine. And mm. that is why I like to put them uh, business end down. Yeah. But I know it's supposed to be better to put them up. Knives you can put down because that's dangerous, but forks and spoons and stuff you're supposed to put with the fork and spoon part facing up. Yeah, put the forks down for to avoid that exact yeah. scenario. Okay, I, I, thank I, you. I, I have very sensitive skin. Same. <laughs> All right. DPN 010. Okay. Those odor control trash bags are only good for creating the worst smelling can of vanilla garbage. <laughs> I agree. I don't. I don't need odor control in my trash bags or my tampons. Yeah, it's, we're, we've we've come to grips with that. Yeah, and and, and it's almost like if, if you get a garbage smell from a garbage can, you're like, okay, that's what that should smell like. That's garbage. If I take a whiff of garbage and it yeah it smells like a van- like a vanilla cupcake orgy <laughs> then it's like wait a minute it's gross something yeah. something's off here and and no matter how convincing those scents are they're never that convincing because in my head i always I, it always becomes a little tinged with garbage it's yeah it's still mixed with the garbage right so yeah yeah it's, that's that's not you that that's everyone Diabolic Dave. When watching Jeopardy, I get annoyed if the people watching with me don't answer in the form of a question. <laughs> no, I don't. But the rule I have is you can yell out the answer to mm-hmm. anything until final Jeopardy when you absolutely cannot yell it out. And if I'm watching with someone, I will say, don't yell it out, don't yell it out. I'll say it repeatedly yeah. like a nervous tick for fear they'll yell it out until that, until it's like, okay, I have it. 
Okay, you have it. Okay, what do you think it is? Right. I'm very controlling when oh, it comes so to Final weird. Jeopardy. I have, I have the same rule. Oh, really? Yeah, the exact Don't same you hate rule. when people break it? Yeah. Because, like, especially my dad, he'll be like... Fernando Cortez, come on! <laughs> I just said don't yell it out! <laughs> yeah. Or my dad will start to, like, out loud, he'll just be like, well, it couldn't be this because we have a McDude! Don't stop doing your deductive reasoning. Yeah. I don't. I don't want you to influence me. That's funny. <laughs> LB Timco, just me or everyone, throw away the last little bite of the banana that is attached to the bottom. Just feels wrong to eat. Hell no. no. I need my potassium. Trust me, midgets need every ounce of potassium we can get. <laughs> we are we are trying to grow here. No, didn't we're not we ha- it Did out. we have this banana one? Or did we have, I feel like we've, this has come up before. Or we, we had a banana one where someone breaks it into thirds in their mouth. Oh, that one! I, that one sounds familiar. This one doesn't sound familiar. No, uh, no. I've never even. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not aware of people doing this. Here's what I do with bananas. Just me or everyone? I, I don't know. Is, is this is this me or everyone? Uh, if there's a brown spot mm. on a banana, do you bite down to the spot and then take off the the, the, the piece that has the brown spot? Yeah, and I've then, done that. And for then sure. and then keep eating. Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. Oh yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> not a freak. All right. Well, for, well, for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Facilia, being the first pedestrian to realize it's safe and crossing a busy city street before anyone else feels awesome and victorious. <laughs> it does kind of. Yeah. But uh, and this is a side note for me. I don't ever do that because uh, I've been hit by a car three times. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Did I you know. get hurt? Yeah. Oh well, you know, it's a large vehicle. Right. A couple thousand pounds hitting you. Uh, both times, uh, two times was a. A car backed up into me because they, they were backing up. They didn't see me there and just, like, just Jeez. like, it just ran me over. So, and then the third time a bus hit me. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm good though. I'm fine. Uh, the bus hit me on Do the you hip. Have any sort of phobia of yes. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, if if you go to my website, uh, bradwilliamscomedy.com, I have a store and I sell a T-shirt that says "I break for little people." <laughs> <laughs> based on that. Right. Uh, because, yeah, I don't want any other dwarves to get hit by cars. <laughs> so. What happened with the bus? How did they hit you? Oh, this is a weird-ass story. The, all right, the two cars, that was my fault. And it it, it, it actually got bad because they, they both happened in elementary school. So my mom got really scared and actually duct taped a long pole with, with a flag on my backpack. Seriously? Yeah. So as That's if I wasn't the weird kid already, now I got a great, flag like yeah. waving around like, here I am, everybody, the yeah. weird kid under the flag. Now you're like one of those little shopping carts at the grocery store. I really was. Oh, my God. And then uh, the bus thing was at the Kansas City airport. Um, a dude was in the middle of the road. He had, he had on his like headphones. He couldn't see that the bus was coming or hear the, hear, hear the bus was coming. Everyone else stopped and stayed on that little island. He kept going. A bus is about to hit him. I'm like, Fuck bus, and I just come out there and I shove him out of the way. Bus hits me on the hip. I do a little helicopter, fly up in the air, and the worst part, the fucker didn't thank me. I literally just shove him out of the way. He turns what? back, sees me, and goes, "Wow, well, I guess that was my guardian midget," and then, <laughs> and then just keeps walking. I'm like, asshole, acknowledge me. Yeah. Like, everyone else on the island is like, give me a round of applause. Like, oh my god, that was amazing. This dude's like, ah, you know, he should have done that. I'm kind of important. Fuck you, what dude. What a dick. Yeah. But good job. Yeah. But did you break your hip? No, I was fine. The the the, the, the bus was breaking. It was only going like three miles an hour. I, I, don't, I don't know why it makes me matter that it, that he was a ginger. I don't know why. <laughs> huh? 
Maybe because like, ah, oh, that's why you didn't thank me, you soulless bastard. <laughs> but sorry, all the gingers. But I don't know. I, I I was just mad and I was looking for something to hate him for. Yeah. So I just I just that's went with a good that. Enough reason. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right, Brian Rich. I have zero interest in sports, but somehow I kind of wish I did because sports guys seem to get so much pleasure from them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I wish I, I wish I was into it like that. It seems like something fun to be into. It, it, it is fun as a guy who's really into sports. And it's also, there are times when I wish I wasn't. Because when, when your team is losing and you're so upset about it, and you're like, God, why do I care about this shit? I guess like, that doesn't seem very fun, yeah. Yeah, like w- when your team's losing and you're, like, you know that the players don't know who you are, the players are not from the city on the team that you are rooting for, you know all that. You know that they, it means absolutely nothing yet you still invest yourself so much into it and you're like why do i care why does this affect me so much so i think there's both times but also it's good because like especially when you're at a party and you just meet people guys most guys can just walk up and if we've never met each other uh be like dad who's your football team ah giants ah eli what you know what what do you think about eli manning but but and we just have that instant yeah, thing that like we can connect die. With. It, it it really is and when a girl does it, like it's it's hot. <laughs> I think it is. It definitely is. Yeah. Uh, my now I guess now that I'm gonna start calling her this. Uh, my current girlfriend. <laughs> so romantic. I guess I'll call her that. <laughs> my uh, current girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, my uh, my girlfriend. She uh, is really into hockey, and th- and the hockey playoffs are going on right now. And I find that so incredibly sexy when she's screaming at the San Jose Sharks to like, what the fuck? Like she, <laughs> she she's going nuts. She sends like. Mad text like I, I can't believe that. And like it's like all right I'm kind of turned on right now this is good so uh, yeah and, and there's nothing like the best day of every guy's life is like if, if his team wins a big game and he has sex on that same day <laughs> that's the best day you cannot beat that day <laughs> like you had sex and your team won done like you peaked. So, what yeah. if your team lost? Would you still have sex? Makeup sex, <laughs> and then <laughs> angry, aggressive, like, why didn't you see the guy over the middle? <laughs> like, you're, you're just having that kind of sex. So, uh, either, either way, sex after the game is good. <laughs> well, on that note, mm-hmm. thank you so much oh, for cool. doing this. Thanks um, for having me. What else? Is there anything else that we we didn't get to that we wanted to get to? Uh, I think we covered everything. Just uh, I I enjoy your listeners. Uh, f- uh, follow me on Twitter at Funny Brad. Go to my website BradWilliamsComedy.com and listen to my podcast about last night. Part of Jay Moore's Fake Mustache Studios. I think that's all the plugs for me. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can get our ringtone. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that if you from your iPhone. Search, hey, go fuck yourself in the iTunes store. And you can get... The, That's uh, a great ringtone, by the way. Thank you. I, that is a segment that we do on the show. We didn't have a chance to do it today, okay. but although do you have a little time to tell someone to hey go fuck themselves? I think I think we do. Yeah. Do you have Do you have anyone in your life that you want to say hey go fuck yourself? Well, actually, there's this iTunes comment that um, I sometimes like I sort of don't feel like doing it because. It's so stupid, but then I kind of want to because what the hell. Now, do you happen to have – my new favorite thing is to have someone read it in the voice of an asshole. Do you have an asshole voice on deck? Ooh, an asshole voice. Uh, 
be, you know what? I I'll I'll do an asshole voice as like an Orange County douchebag. Oh, that's good. I can do that. Okay. So now kind of like a Newport Beach kind of thing. Perfect. It's this. It's this top one. Get over yourself, old fart. Okay. Let me see this one. It's. You, it's hard oh. to read it. Okay. I see it. You have to get over yourself. You didn't cultivate your own show. Adam gave it to you. You swear like a nerd swearing for the first time. You got upset at someone who was right about your boring intros about you. We want to see the stars. Don't watch this show if you don't like annoying grown women making stupid voices. I'm 13. (laughs) What? I know. You went through all that, and then you topped it off with I'm they're, they're thirteen. Oh, oh no, there's there's a little bit more. Is oh. that where it stopped? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm thirteen. There, I'll give you something to pretend you are defending yourself. <laughs> thirteen. Do we believe this person is truly thirteen? I don't know. Because if they are, I feel like life is going to hand you your ass enough. I, there's no amount of money that someone could give me to make me be thirteen again. Right. So. I really don't want to say anything too harsh other than, hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I like it. But if you're older than that, let me know so I can really lay into you. (laughs) Good call. Would you want to be 13 again? God, no. Yeah. Well, that and, yeah, I, I, like, hit puberty first. Oh, really? Yeah. How old were you? Like, 12, and I was, like, like maybe even late 11. Uh, which is really weird for the midget to hit puberty first, because mm-hmm. everyone else is bigger than me. Yet I've got the hairs down there. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was kind of and like every, like everyone else uh, had like still the, their high pitched voice, and I'm and I'm coming in with this thing that Man kinda, voice. that kind of goes like this every now and then. <laughs> and that was yeah, that was super awkward. Yeah. Super do you awkward. do you need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves? Uh, do I need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves? Uh, no. I'm good. <laughs> you know, All right. I mean, I mean, go, I, I think on this podcast I told Alexander Walro to go fuck himself. Oh, yeah, you did. Back in the day. And then uh, any other uh, any of the people who protested me in uh, Livonia, Michigan, go fuck yourself. Hey, 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 go, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Perfect. And if you want uh, a little bit of extra Alice from Rosen is your new best friend, there's a live podcast from the LA Podcast Festival with Doug Benson and Greg Proops, and that is available for $1.99 in the comedy albums section of the iTunes store. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon, um, sorry, this is this is more plugs in a row than normal. Right. It's feeling pluggy. It's your thing. Um, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, why not click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com, because it helps out the show and doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Brad, thank you so much for being my guest. This has been really fun. It, it has been fun, and thank you very much for having thank me. Thank you. Okay. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show?
the show is over go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash allison and sign up for yourself it also makes a great father's day gift you get high quality razors sent to your door not someone else's door but yours every month for a fraction of what you pay at retail i love these guys and you will too so go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash allison or just go to allisonrosen.com and click on the dollar shave club banner This is Corolla Digital.